0: If you're with us today at home, uh, have your phone, your computer, your iPad. If you're in your office, turn with me to Acts chapter 4, if you're around the kitchen table. Acts chapter 4, verse number 23. Acts chapter 4, verse number 23. Uh, Peter and John here are the subject of this chapter, and it says, And being let go, Peter and John were let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus." And great grace was upon them all, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For the last seven weeks, we have been consumed with news. Unfortunately, most of the news that we have been consumed with has not been edifying, uplifting, and good news. We've seen videos and pictures of people all over the globe suffering. For decades... In America, for decades, we have watched people in third world countries and other parts of the world who have succumbed to the ravages of war, terrorism, disease, and poverty. We've watched in America videos the forceful migration of people leaving their homes with everything they owned packed on their backs. We've watched with disbelief as cities have been evacuated. Because of mandated, uh, because of uh, natural and man made natural disasters. We in America have set back and viewed citizens in other countries being quarantined and scared to leave their homes because of war, political upheaval, and disease. But those things happen in other places, not here. But suddenly, a few weeks ago, An invisible enemy crossed our borders, and our elected officials were forced to make decisions that have affected our health, that have affected our finances, and affected our nation's future. Over the last seven weeks, the narrative and the instructions for health and safety have changed multiple times. With each daily update, we're left with more questions than we have answers. You don't need a mask. Now they're saying you need a mask. And then the Surgeon General gets on and says, you don't need a mask unless you're a healthcare worker. And then they're saying stay three feet apart. And then now they're saying stay six feet apart. And then they said the virus is not airborne. And now they're saying that possibly the virus is airborne. They tell us to file this form for unemployment, but then they say, no, you don't qualify for unemployment. Businesses can open back up on this date. No, no, only certain businesses can open up on this date. They say, nobody needs to be tested unless you've been visited certain countries. And now they're saying everyone should get tested. Certain locations will be available to perform the test, yet those certain locations never receive the test. On and on and on, the narratives and the directions have changed. I was frustrated this week. I called my favorite sushi restaurant on Friday, thinking they would be open up because restaurants, some restaurants were allowed to open up, and uh, uh, the the owner of the restaurant said, "Sorry, Pastor, um, we can't open up yet." I said, "You can't open up? I thought the the government give you the right to open them." He said, "Yeah, they have, but our employees are on unemployment, and they get paid more on unemployment than they get paid for working, so they don't want to come back to work." And I thought something's Something doesn't seem right about this, this whole situation. This, this thing is, is, is not right. Somewhere is not right. And what we've come to realize is that we understand that now that no one on earth knows when this thing is going to be over and when life as we know it will return to some type of normal. Nobody can answer that question. Nobody has the answer to that. We're living in confusing and, unfortunately, uncertain days. Now, there are a couple of things that COVID-19 pandemic, that pandemic has reminded us about. Here's, here's a couple of things that we know for sure. In the midst of all of this confusion and uncertainty, changing and shifting, there's two things that we know for sure. Number one, man and science are not God. We are not omnipotent. We're not all-powerful. We are not omniscient. We're not all-knowing. Nor are we omnipresent. We're not everywhere all the time. Neither are we eternal. We, have, we cannot say we had no beginning and no ending. Those are the attributes of God that make God who He is. And we don't have those attributes. The smartest and most brilliant among us do not have all the answers. Though our intellectuals and our scientists and our medical professionals, they're doing their best to look out for the welfare of humanity. Unfortunately, mankind and all of the scientific, medical, and technological advancements are still limited. (coughs) Man is not God. We cannot predict the future, and during this pandemic, we can't even control our today. That's one thing we are sure of. When everything else is shifting, one thing we're sure of man is not God. The second thing that I am convinced that we all understand right now, that all of us are sure of, is this our faith has been the only consistent hope during this pandemic. Our faith has been the only consistent thing during these last two and a half months has been our faith. Over the last eight to ten weeks, medical directives have changed. Governmental intervention has shifted our economy has been a roller coaster ride social interaction has almost d- diminished to zero the dreams and celebrations of our of our cherished children who are graduating from college and high school those have been dashed without celebration and even the summer childhood games that All of us remember as a kid of playing ball and enjoying camps and swimming pools, all of that has been gone, has been taken away. The only consistent hope we have maintained through all of this over the last two and a half months is our faith. It's our faith. During this pandemic, there are being there has been two messages that heaven is trying to send to earth. And especially heaven's trying to send to America. There are two messages. And those messages are this. To those of you who are watching me today. Who are without Christ. You're just flipping down through the computer. You're strolling. You saw this. And you said let me see what these guys are saying. If you don't know Christ. Or if you have relatives who do not know Christ. Who've never made Christ their Lord and Savior. They keep putting it off. Maybe they've been hurt. Because of church in the past or Christians in the past. Or maybe they never had the opportunity. They were not raised around the church influence. But for those of you who do not know Christ. Let me tell you the message that heaven is sending you is simply this. You cannot control your destiny. Your education, your wealth, your ability is powerless. It's powerless against evil and sinful forces once they are released on planet Earth. That's the message that God is sending to America today, that we cannot control our destiny. Our intellect, our advancements, our prosperity, our America ingenuity is, cannot control our destiny it, when the power of evil and sinful forces are released upon our nation. This is the time to wake up and realize this party can come to an end at any time and you and I can't do anything to prevent it. We are eternal beings who will live thousands of years beyond COVID-19. And for thousands of years, we will either enjoy eternal life or we will suffer eternal death. The mercy of God. The goodness of God, the greatness and kindness and long-suffering of a precious Heavenly Father has allowed even prosperous and proud Americans to catch a glimpse of our frailty. Please do not miss this opportunity to surrender your life to Christ. You might not have another opportunity as easy as this one. That's the first message. The second message is to those of us who are Christians and have surrendered our life to Christ. Those of us who know Jesus as our Lord and Savior and, com- and who proclaim that we're Christians and we know Christ. There's a message from heaven being sent to us and that heaven, and heaven is screaming that message and here it is. Stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. The church in America, unfortunately, has become lazy and often carnal. Our behavior and our actions, man, they're resembling the world more than they resemble a pure and holy Savior. We've become intoxicated with our pleasure and our comfort and have embraced a doctrine of cheap grace instead of sacrificial living. Many Christian families, many, many, many Christian families allow their children to become social media experts and group gurus, but those same children can't find John 3.16 in the Bible. The mercy of God is giving a carnal church in America the opportunity to repent and prepare ourselves for the end-time harvest. God loves us his church so much that he is giving us time to stir ourselves up and return to our first love him may we not miss this message listen if after this thing is over you just go back to living the way you've often lived just doing what you want to do when you want to do it just doing the God thing on Easter and Christmas you've missed the message of heaven You've missed what God intended for this to, to tell you. May we not miss this message and our opportunity to reignite our passion for the things of God instead of being deceived and walking blindly into a dangerous future. Let's talk about, for a few seconds, uh, let me talk to you about Family Worship Center in our days ahead. We have been prohibited from having public church gatherings now for seven weeks. It is possible that it will be a few more weeks before we're able to get back together. We want to make positively sure, the leadership of Family Worship Center wants to make positively sure that when our church family steps foot on this campus again, each person knows that the FWC Board of Directors and leadership team have taken every precaution to maintain the safety and health of our congregation. I want to have church services as much as anybody, but not at the expense of the health of our church family. I know there're different opinions about this situation and the prohibition of church services. You get on social media, you watch television, you talk to your friends, everybody has an opinion. Well, it's the government interference uh, it, from everything from government interference tried to destroy our constitutional rights to well, it's better that everybody stays home. I mean, it it goes all over the board. May I tell you that not one time Has the FWC board of directors or staff consulted or discussed the political leanings of this situation? The only concern the FWC leadership has been the health of our church family. That's the only item that we're taking into consideration. Not the political leanings, but the health of our church family. I have friends, I personally have friends, who've been at death's door because of this virus. One friend was on a ventilator for over 40 days at death's door because of this virus. Praise God, He God raised him up, and now he's getting ready to leave the hospital, healed by the power of God. This disease is real, and it's highly contagious. And until people who know a lot more about it than we know give us the all clear or a signal or specific large group gathering regulations that we feel comfortable with, we will wait and continue providing the best online church service we possibly can. I've been criticized uh, I've I've received quite a bit of criticism, and that's okay. Uh, When you're a leader, that's what happens. But I've been criticized for not, quote, pushing through and believing God to protect us. I've been told that I don't have faith by not having church services during this situation. (laughs) Listen, I've been in this thing. I'm getting ready to to celebrate 40 years of full-time ministry. I know I don't look like it. But I'm getting ready to celebrate 40 years of full-time ministry. And no, I didn't start ministry when I was two. I started full-time when I was 22. And uh, I've been around the block a time or two. And here's what I've learned. When a person whose nose is running and they're sneezing every few minutes, tells me I don't have faith for not having church service, it reinforces the reason why we don't need to have church service. Listen, if you can't stop a cold with your faith, you're not going to be able to stop a deadly virus with your faith. So understand, common sense makes a lot of sense in this time. As one fellow told me, the only problem with common sense is not too common anymore. The FWC leadership team is daily in contact with our spiritual leaders that are over us, our city leaders, and our medical professionals. As soon as we're confident that our church family can gather without the risk of virus transfer, we will gather again. In hopes we get together as a church family very soon, Our staff has already started preparing for that time when we come back together. We're believing it's going to be soon. So we've started preparing, and the place we look to is the Bible. What is it going to look like for our church in the next few weeks and months? How does it look post COVID 19? What do we need to do? How do we need to respond? What kind of services do we need to have? Well, the Bible, amazingly, gives us some specific models on having church after quarantine has happened. It's found, we just read it in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Peter and John had been quarantined against their will. Now, they had been placed in jail for preaching the gospel and healing a man who had been crippled his entire life. Their situation's a little t- different than ours. We've been prohibited from public gatherings because of sickness. Peter and John were prohibited from public gatherings because of healing. And here's one thing that I've learned from this story if the church would bring the healing power of God into our community, Instead of screaming about our rights being violated, I guarantee you they would let us have church service any day of the week, anytime we wanted to have them. The world is screaming for a healing, the world is screaming for a solution health in this situation, and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ can access the power of God and bring healing. It's time for the voice of healing and the healing anointing of God to come back to planet... Uh, uh, earth and the United States of America and be a sign to the people of the goodness of God. And if church congregations would access the healing power of God, I guarantee you nobody would prohibit you from having church services. But instead, we spend all of our time screaming about our rights being violated, and it's getting us nowhere. There's so much in this story that we should learn about our current situation. Notice when Peter and John were released when they when their covid-19 was over with notice what happened Acts chapter 4 verse 23 and being let go they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them I like I like what it says in the King James that's the one I was that was the one I was raised on right after the civil war it says this and being let go they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Notice what it says again, King James Version. And being let go, they went to their own company. The first place Peter and John went was to their fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. Peter and John, right after they were released and able to get back together, they went to their church family. In the past decade, we have seen a severe decrease decrease in church attendance across the United States of America. In fact, many church organizations are closing churches, unfortunately, because of a loss of attendance. I was on the phone with a church organization out of Pennsylvania this week who was telling me that they've had to open up their financial arm for church loans and financial to people other than their churches. For for years, they're over 100 years old, and their financial loans and their organization only supplied loans and financial benefits for their particular church. But as this person told me, who works for that organization, they said, Pastor, we've had to open that up in the last 24 months to include the whole church community, whether you're a part of our organization or not. I said, "Why what made you decide to do that he said, just to be honest with you, we have so many in our churches in our organization that are closing, we couldn't keep our organization afloat with new business just from our organization. So many of our own churches are closing due to the lack of attendance. So other churches are reporting that same thing, decrease in, atten- in attendance. And it's in a season like we're presently experiencing in which your church family is so vital to your life. Right now, it's vital. Do you have a company of fellow believers? Peter and John went to their own company. I'm not talking about a church you attend at Easter and Christmas. I'm referring to a family of believers or church company in which you are a part of them and they are a part of you. I I'm not talking about a group of people. You just go and sit and leave and don't know anybody and are not involved in anything and not serving. And you just you get your you get your religious fix, your spiritual fix when you want to. I'm not talking about that. That's not what we're talking about. That's not your company. If you attend a church which has a large attendance, are you committed to a small group within that church, or do you just go and? punch the clock, and go in, sit toward the back, and kind of get lost. And you're satisfying yourself that you're okay. Well, I want you to know, in times like this, and more difficult times, you need more than that. Are you part of a group of people who are praying with you, and are standing with you, and walking with you in this journey of life? I remember years ago directing a church bus ministry. Every Saturday, our bus captains would take their bus teams out to visit homes on the bus route and invite their families to come to church. On one Saturday, I knocked on the front door, and a man opened the door. He looked frustrated that I was interrupting his Saturday afternoon. I could understand that and tried not to take much of their time. I simply said, I won't keep you. I just, I just wanted to let you know that we wanted to invite you and your family to our ch- church tomorrow on Sunday, and we have a bus that makes it easy for you. We'll even drive by and pick you up so you don't even have to take your own vehicle. The man very rushingly, I remember, said to me, okay, but we go to the Baptist church right down the road. And he started to close the door. I replied, that's wonderful. I love Brother Kelly. He's a, he's a wonderful pastor at the Baptist church. The man said, yeah, 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 he's really good. And he kept trying to close the door. As he started to close the door, I said, hey, uh, Brother Kelly is not the pastor at the Baptist church down the road. The man stopped closing the door. He paused and looked at me very embarrassed. And this is what he said. You caught me. You caught me. Listen, is is that the part of church family you are and you're involved in where you just went months ago, but you tell everybody that's where you go to church? That's not the type of companions and company that Peter and John were referring to when they got released from their quarantine. They were part of people's lives. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priest and elders said unto them. Listen, your own company is people who know you and still love you. Your own company are people who pray with you and get in the ditch in life with you. Your own company are people the Lord brings to your mind for you to pray for during the week. Your own company are people who believe in you, not people you're trying to prove your value to. The Bible says in being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Your own company are people you can share your wins and losses with. They reported everything. Your own company are people you can share your hurts with, and they will not betray your confidence. Your own company are people you don't have to hide anything from. Do you have a company? Are you part of a group of people that you together are walking out your faith in a very difficult and confusing season of time the first thing that peter and john did were they were when they were released from quarantine they assembled they went and got with their own company their church trusted church family so the the first thing the church did when they got together is they had a prayer meeting Notice what it says in Acts chapter 4. And being let go, they went to their own companions, reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God, prayer meeting, with one accord, and said, Lord God, you are made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David. And they go through this whole, whole thing. Notice the first thing to do they did was go to a prayer meeting. Listen, our spiritual company, your spiritual company are not people who are raised in the same denomination of you. They're not Methodist or Baptist or Assemblies of God or Church of Christ or Independent or Pentecostal Holiness. If you just think that's your company, uh, you're missing something here. Our spiritual company are people who we can quickly pray with. Who who do you when you get in trouble? Who do you call for prayer? That's your spiritual company. And as I've read this story many, many times, I cannot find any reference to where Peter and John considered themselves victims. In fact, the church family doesn't consider Peter and John victims either. Notice, when they pray, they never prayed for Peter and John. And they're the ones who were beaten, held in prison, falsely accused, treated like common criticals, uh, criminals, and all they did was heal a man who'd been lame since birth. Listen, they, they didn't even pray for Peter and John, our spiritual company. Now, if you, you say, man, I wish he would say something worth listening to. I'm getting ready. Or as, as we say down here, I'm fixing. I'm fixing to tell you something I hope you never forget. I'm getting ready to tell you something. Here it is. Our spiritual company, your spiritual company, your company, your church company, are people who help us maintain our focus on God's plans and purposes instead of petting our temporary discomfort. Bam! Let me repeat that. Our spiritual company are the people that God has put around our life, who help us maintain our focus on God's plan and purposes instead of petting our temporary discomfort. Notice, when they heard, they raised their voices to God with one accord, and then they began talking about how big their God was, not how bad their situation is. They begin talking about how big their God was instead of how bad their situation is. Our spiritual company is not people we can tell our hurts and our boo-boos to. Our spiritual companies are people who will keep us focused on the problem-solving, debt-defeating, body-healing, mind-setting-free, loving, kind, generous... Long-suffering God. That's our spiritual company. People who will keep us focused on Him instead of on us. So, this is the model we're going to start with. This coming Saturday. Saturday, uh, I think it would be Saturday, what would it be? Saturday May the 9th? Saturday May the 10th? This coming Saturday, whatever it is. We're, our first public gathering here at Family Worship Center is going to be a church wide prayer meeting at 9 a.m. Saturday morning at 9 a.m. This coming Saturday at 9 a.m. We're going to follow this model. We're gonna, the first thing we're going to do is not have a, a church service, not hear the preacher preach. It's not going to have an eating meeting. Uh, that's not the first thing we're going to do. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray. We're going to gather to pray. Now, we believe that in our sanctuary, the size of it is, that uh, we can spread everybody out. If we have such a crowd uh, that uh, uh, we need to use other rooms, we'll use other rooms. But we can spread everybody out to have proper social distancing, and we're going to pray as a church family from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. We're going to follow this model. And the Bible says if we do it right... The Bible tells us after they prayed, the power of God fell, and amazing things happened from then on. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to follow this model, and we're going to have a church-wide prayer meeting this coming Saturday at 9 a.m. Can I pray for you right now? If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, is something telling you on the inside that, man, this thing's messed up? I can't fix this. I can't wiggle my way out of this. I can't drink my way out of this. I can't take enough drugs to numb me on this. I, I can't party enough. I can't go to the lake enough. Something's wrong. I'm, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. What is this saying to me? It's saying this. You need Christ. He loves you. He's not going to take away the fun things out of your life. He's just going to help you to start enjoying true life a lot better. If you've never accepted Christ, would you just pray with me right now? Here, let me, let, let me lead you in a prayer. Let me lead you in a prayer. Real simple. You just, wherever you are at home, around your kitchen table, in your car, if you're watching this by podcast, if you just by yourself, just repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I admit that I don't have the answers. I admit that I've tried to live life without you. I apologize. I am sorry. I surrender my life to you. I believe Jesus died for me on the cross. I believe Jesus was resurrected for my salvation. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I surrender my life to you. Amen. Now, if you did that, I'd like for you to just send a note. We've got people standing by the the computers right now. Send us a note just saying, I just prayed with the pastor. We'd like to send you uh, a welcome to the family of God. You don't have to start giving money to our church. You don't have to start attending or sign up for anything. We just want to welcome you to the family of God. Before we go, can I pray blessings over you? Did you know, I'm going to tell you something that I think is quite unique. Our church here now has between 1,500 and 2,000 people that call, that was before the COVID situation hit, that call Family Worship Center home. We've grown immensely. 1,500 and 2,000 people that call Family Worship Center home. And did you know, we don't have one report. We don't have one report in our church family that anybody has succumbed or been infected by this virus. Not one report of anybody in our church family. We're just so thankful for that. We thank God for that. that. To me, that's remarkable. So let me pray a prayer of blessing over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that the people of Family Worship Center are blessed. I thank you that their bodies are healthy and that you're keeping them from situations in which infection is released. I thank you, Father, that the angels of God encamp about them. No evil shall befall them. No plague, no plague can come close to them because they're covered by the blood of the Lamb. I thank you that their children are blessed and protected. I thank you that we're going to go out this week and carry the message of a good Jesus to a lost world. In Jesus' name, amen.